Welcome to the Worst Best Sellers, where we chose your adventure so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read House of Danger by R.A. Montgomery. Joining us to discuss this choose-your-own-adventure novel is Becca, an aspiring detective and psychic investigator who lives in her mom's basement and can or cannot drive, maybe. Who knows? Hello. <laughs> I choose my own adventure, bike or car. <laughs> is bike. I can't actually drive. What's up? <laughs> Becca, would you say, are you like 12 or 26 or 40? I don't... I just don't know. I just don't know, to be honest. There's clues pointing in all directions. Maybe you're just 30 years old, live in your parents' basement, have your, like, detective life, and just are friends with two 12-year-olds. Could could happen. It could be a real, like, Marty McFly doc situation. Yes. Oh, yep, you're right. No further questions. That's normal and fine. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, so we obviously read a Choose Your Own Adventure book and also played a Choose Your Own Adventure board game. So that was... They were both experiences. They were, they yeah, were certainly experiences. Uh, in case you're just hopping in now for the first time because you just... Love choosing an adventure, and you're like, I gotta choose this podcast and listen Hell to yeah. no previous ones. This is <laughs> one of our, which is totally valid life choice. You do you. Uh, this is part of our flashback summer series where we revisit books of our childhood. But we kind of fucked up a little bit because we picked a title. Well, we picked this one because there's a board game based on it. And we're like, yeah, we'll do both. Uh, but this is one of the reprinted ones that they re-released like a few years ago, maybe. So it's been... It is one of the original ones, but it's been sort of awkwardly updated. So, okay, yeah, it was originally published in 1982, reprinted in 2010. And so the bones of it are from the 80s, but every so often you have a cell phone. But sometimes you don't, because I think they didn't update every single ending. It was a real experience. They chose which adventures to update. Sometimes you're in the 80s and you have your scrappy friends Ricardo and Lisa. <laughs> sometimes you're using your awkward, clunky radio slash car phone. Yes. And sometimes you have a smartphone. Yep. <laughs> it just depends. Sometimes you have, quote, a stack of reverse phone books. Not just one. <laughs> you have many reverse phone books so you can look up numbers. And sometimes you have high-tech phone tracing equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is certainly an adventure that you can choose. But never microfilm, and that's upsetting. <sighs> we yeah. already had one microfilm. Maybe we can only do like one per summer. No. Sorry. Sorry you didn't get to read the microfilm book. <sighs> you know how microfilm stresses me out. <laughs> we have to limit it. <laughs> <laughs> this this flashback summer has already had so many of my stressors. Renata, um, Renata, would you have to? Would you rather have to show someone how to use microfilm or read more scary stories? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I get paid to do the microfilm, so I guess that. I guess I, get, I guess I do get paid a little bit for this, but we get paid for this. Thanks, Patreon. Yeah, thank Wing. you, Patreon. My job still pays me more though, so I'll keep that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so choose your own adventure. Uh, did you guys like these books when you were kids? I don't know that I read very many of the actually branded Choose Your Own Adventures. There were there was a Ghost Bumps. Uh, Ghost Bumps. <laughs> I was like, wait, were they called Ghost Bumps? No. Is that what the Choose Your Own Adventure Ghost Bumps books? That's like no. the bootleg ones. <laughs> 
Uh, you look it up on your your spider search. You look for ghost bumps. <laughs> <laughs> they were called uh, Give Yourself Goosebumps. Mm. And they were the Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventures. I read a bunch of those. I read a couple other, like, off-brand sort of ones. But not a ton of these. Like, maybe a couple, but I don't. I think mostly, like, I absolutely was a child who uh, judged books by their covers. Mm. And a lot of them. a lot going on. A lot of them have very, have a lot going on on their covers. And. I mean, it tells the whole story. Did not necessarily appeal to me uh, as a youngin. I definitely did read the actual Choose Your Own Adventure books. I definitely think I got them out of the library a lot because they just weren't, like, even as a child, I'm like, these aren't worth purchasing. Yeah, well, there's a whole spinner rack of them. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, you you read it in an afternoon, and then you're like, I read it 14 times, and I'm done. It w- wasn't worth investing in. Um, but I definitely read them. I, I don't remember any of them to this day. But I definitely remember, like, reading through it and holding my finger in, like, seven different, like, split-off points so I could go back and yep. try and get good endings. <laughs> Be like, no, but what happens if I do this? Yeah, I I read a few of these when I was a kid because they were around. Or you know, as mentioned, a big spinner rack of them at the library. They really stressed me out. Like that experience <laughs> of like flipping back and forth to try to find the best ending. Like I just, it was just too much for me. Revisiting it as an adult, I find that it's still a little bit too much for me. I don't like it. <laughs> Why did we read so many things that stress you out this summer? Summer that's supposed to be I, I joyful don't... and. I don't Carefree. know. I don't know. I wasn't thinking. Um, well, you picked the next book, right? So. I did pick the next one. It's one that's going to really... I don't think Kate's going to like it at all, so it'll be my, it my revenge. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, also, I kind of forgot. Like, I was just like... When we were talking about once, I was like, oh, yeah, choose your adventure. That'll be good. And then I picked it up, and I got to the first choice, and I just was like, oh, no, I hate this. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, So part of the reason we're trying to choose which one of these to do and sort of the I was going through um, a list and my kind of parameters that I had given myself was that I wanted them to be one of the original ones that had been reprinted and I wanted to do one that sounded bonkers. And the problem with this is that they all have the most fucking bonkers titles that it's hard to tell. I'm going to read you... This one's called House of Danger. This one actually gonna... sounds way less bonkers than it is. Yes. This one sounds yes. sort of normal, like, oh, a haunted house, I perhaps. I mean, the house is full of danger. You can't deny that. Here are some other titles of Choose Your Own Adventure books. The War with the Evil Power Master. Prisoner of the Ant People. Oh, no. Punishment, colon, Earth. That's like the sequel to this one. <laughs> By Balloon to the Sahara, Struggle Down Under Forecast from Stonehenge, The Brilliant Dr. Wogan, and my favorite, which is Tattoo of Death, that's good, that's not my favorite, that's another one, uh, Escape! Exclamation point. And uh, my favorite that's not on here, because it's one of the children choose your own adventures, like the, the for younger readers, which is Your Very Own Robot Goes Cuckoo Bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like, even just the covers look, they're, they're bonkers. Everything about it is bonkers. Race Forever. The cover of Race Forever is 
an elephant chasing two race cars in the desert with a mountain in the background. It's just Need for Speed 3. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're all bizarre, uh, but we chose this one I specifically. I cuckoo bananas. They are all cuckoo bananas. <laughs> you know, this book was definitely literally cuckoo bananas. cuckoo bananas. Yeah, yeah. Um, we chose this one because the board game had just recently come yeah. out, I think. So we were like, oh, well, there's probably not going to be a ton to talk about with the Choose Your Own Adventure book, so let's get the board game and we'll play that too. And that was also Cuckoo Bananas. Yeah. But in very similar ways, really. Yeah. Um, just generally, like, the p- quote-unquote plot, the setup of this book is that the adventure. you, a child or an adult, it's hard to tell, are an aspiring detective slash psychic investigator who have your own office in your parents' basement, and you get a phone call in the middle of the night, and it's someone anonymously calling and begging for help, and you either look it up in your reverse phone books, or you trace the number with your, like, two-second trace program on your computer, and find out that it belongs to Henry Marsden, and at the address that is given for Henry Marsden is a very, like, futuristic fancy house that is on the site of where a civil war prison once stood and was burned to the ground mysteriously and you have to decide like you have how to proceed to like are you gonna are you gonna hop the fence are you gonna try to go around the back are you gonna call your police investigator friend who helps you out with your aspiring detective slash psychic investigator business? Are you going to call your friends Lisa and Ricardo, who are maybe children or maybe also adults? It's hard to tell. But they only have bikes; they can't drive. But that you makes have a me car. Believe that they're children, but you're an adult or a driving twelve-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> who? But you and you have some kind of relationship with the police where you're like, I can't tell. Like, are you like, is this psych? And you're like, there's psychic friend who is an adult and this is some sort of paid consultant job or are you a child who they're humoring i mean i had an interaction with the police guy and he was gonna come and help me out and i waited for him i did too i did too i got kidnapped (laughs) i waited for him at one point and I don't remember if he ever showed up. And then another time, I let Lisa and Ricardo talk me into sneaking into the house. Yep. And then another time, I didn't even call the police at all. And I died pretty soon. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to call the police the first time through. I just went to the house with Lisa and Ricardo, and a woman let us in and showed us her, like, garden, and then fed me to the house, which is a Venus fleet flytrap. Normal. Yeah, let's uh, let's discuss some of the things that are happening in this house oh of God, danger. Look at this beautiful boy. Uh, like Becca said, one of the endings is you go into the house and a woman in old timey clothes tricks you into coming further into the house, and it turns out the house is a Venus flytrap. Um, also, in one set of endings, there are a bunch of chimpanzees, trained, super intelligent chimpanzees, who are making counterfeit money. Because of a counterfeiting ring, yeah. and also the the are... man who owns the house or the son of that someone in the in the family is a super scientist who started these chimpanzee experiments, but then they got out of hand. <laughs> 
There's also an ending where it turns out that the house is the meeting place for a global planning committee, and they're so impressed with you that you found them that they let you join, which is especially interesting if you're actually a 12-year-old. I just found a page in the back of the book that says, Vital Statistics, House of Danger. Deaths by Venus Flytrap, two. Encounters with Genghis Khan, one. Oh, I didn't did have that one. Did any of us get the Genghis Khan ending? Oh, wait, no, I did. I did get the oh, Genghis shit. Khan ending. What? Possible endings, 20. Alien abductions, 7. Slings by chimpanzees, 4. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much this book in a nutshell, to be real. That's every ending I got except for Genghis Khan. The oh. Genghis Khan one, they, like, ask you if you want to go back in time, and you can go anywhere, anywhere you can think of, and for some reason that's unexplained, you think of Genghis Khan, but it's too late to change your mind and you go back in your Genghis Khan. Wait, I went back in time and I went to the Civil War, and then I That's got a different. Okay, because I went back, back in, time in time to the Civil War, and I got like I think a a positive ending from that, because also the house is uh used to be a prison and it's sort of haunted because there was a fire in the prison and all the prison inmates died, and if you go back in time, you can help put out the fire so it's not like haunted with these burned ghosts. Uh, But you could also get trapped back in time, and you have to live out the rest of your life back in time. I didn't get that one. What? That's so upsetting. Well, so that one, when you come back, then Ricardo and Lisa are like, whoa, I just had a dream about the Civil War. Whoa, we all had a dream about the Civil War. Whoa, there's a Civil War soldier hat on the ground. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most of the endings are like, well, bye. (laughs) It's not the baby one. I forgot whether you choose to go to be a baby or you choose to... Oh, you guys got some real shit. ...be an old man. What? You have a choice, and he says you can either choose to go back, choose to be a baby, or choose to be an old man, and if you be an old man, you die of old age before you can go back to your old, younger body, and if you choose to be a baby, you get your wits about you enough to request to go back to your body... As an adult slash teenager, who knows? Huh. I just got ca- carjacked by chimpanzees like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another set of, there's other ones where you can be abducted by aliens several times, yep. several different ways. Seven different ways, according uh, to that chart. One where you're turned into alien meat. One where you... Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, you you can be anyone in history. All you have to do is choose. For several minutes, you think of all the famous people you have heard or read about. Then a wild impulse leaps to your mind. So wild, you are embarrassed to mention it. You'll think of another. But once the wish is formed, the process begins. No, you want to take it back. You don't really want to be Genghis Khan. The end. Oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah. And then there's a definitely not racist picture of Genghis Khan underneath well, yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Cool, cool, cool. So the board game, uh, I don't, I, there's just not that much to say about this book, I feel like, and we, we knew that, and that's why we wanted to play this board game. Uh, another thing I'll say about Choose Your Adventure is they had a booth at, uh, the, the PLA Public Library Association, uh, conference I went to earlier this year, and I, like, casually tweeted a photo of it, and it went low-key viral because so many people like non-library types are like oh man i remember choose your adventure that's cool and i was like this is a weird twitter happening but go on (laughs) um 
like just a lot of people like oh yeah i like i remember that and that was just sort of my twitter mentions for a day and i was like okay i don't even work for them but uh they had they had the board game there actually and they were kind of play testing it and i didn't feel like waiting to play it but i was like that's a cool idea because it seems like a good idea because somehow this concept of like make a choice and you go on like i like that kind of game even though as stated multiple times in a book form it stresses me out because when I read a book I just want to like read it and like to me that's a different situation than a gameplay where in a game I'm like yeah I'm here to like make some choices and like go also the the game had a mechanism built into it where if you fucked up and made a bad choice then you just sort of moved down your psychic scale a little bit and you got to redo it instead of having to, like, flip back through the book, which felt like cheating to me and it made me feel bad as a kid. Even though <laughs> it's, like, the point of it, that's just, like, where I was at with those books. Oh, Renata. <laughs> it was... I will say this about the game. Um, as we were playing it, we kept thinking, like... We this went through a journey. We did. It was a journey. Uh, we kept saying, like, oh, like, this doesn't have any replay value. Like, this doesn't... Like, you can't really, why would you buy this? You can't really play it that much. But we Because realized... it encourages you at the end, it's set into chapters. And it's yes. five chapters. And at the end of each chapter, it kind of encourages you to go back and do anything that you might have missed. So it gets to a point where it's like, well, if you do everything, you know where everything is. But we... But then by chapter four, we were like, oh. Because <laughs> it'll keep saying, like, you, you will have encounters... Um, you have to roll a die for a lot of stuff, so it'll be like, oh, like, you have to roll a number higher than this, and if you do, you win, and you get clue, f and then take clue 47, and it'll be like, oh, clue 47 is a battery, and then two chapters in the game later, it'll be like, if you have clue 47, turn to card 15, yeah, yeah, and... And by the end, we had none of the cards we needed, and we don't know how we missed them. <laughs> right. And we had two batteries, and we never needed we a battery. Batteries. <laughs> I was so mad about the batteries at the end. What do we need those goddamn batteries Especially for? because when we get to the end, we're on a spaceship, and we need fuel to help power, and we don't have fuel, so he's like, okay, well, empty your pockets, and... The, the scientist that you're with is like, empty your pockets and we'll find something. And we had it, two batteries. It again batteries... is very, like, back to the future. It's like, yeah, we'll just, like, put it into the Mr. Fusion. It's, like, very that. Of course. That. Like, we had two batteries and we had, like, a crystal anti-psychic hat. And we never had to use either of those. <laughs> yeah. And no. that's upsetting to me. But so then it, does... it would always ask, which I definitely want to know what that hat was for. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we came around on the replay value and immediately we're like, well, apparently we have to replay this again because we got the worst ending where the entire world is destroyed by aliens. Oops, sorry, that was us. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is, I would say it's, it is more wild than the book because even though the book has more of these, like, bonkers Genghis Khan endings, the game ties everything together. Yeah, they all happen to you in the game as opposed to the book where you kind of go down a path. And everything might not be included. You might only get the, the psychic chimpanzees, but not the aliens. This one, you got them all, bitch. You, you got, got the, them all. Yeah. The ghosts, and the some psychic other chimpanzees. Stuff. Yep. And some other stuff, like, the most, for me, I don't know. I was going to say the most fucked up, and then I paused and remembered everything. But certainly in the top... <laughs> 
in the top five weirdest parts probably is when you go into like an obviously haunted child's playroom and then you like make eye contact with a doll and then you get shrunken down to doll size and then you go into a dollhouse that is an exact replica of the titular house of danger and then you have a psychic piano battle with the doll queen Yes, and then you become the doll queen. <laughs> and then you touch a, a picture hanging on the wall of the dollhouse above the piano, and you go into the picture, and if you go out one side, you're in outer space, and if you go out another side, you're in a different room in the house, and you're regular size again. It is bonkers. I don't think we ever get turned into a doll in the book. Oh, no. look it. There's Lisa and Ricardo. Yeah, they're definitely children. They're definitely children. Um, Lisa and Ricardo are not in the game. Your your friends are not with you. You are on your own, but you do start with, like, right into the police. Yeah. Like, you go to the police and you're like, here's what's going on. And one of the police is, like, an English professor who, like, is wearing a, a tweed jacket with elbow patches and smoking a pipe in the police station. Yes. As he gives you his files on the Marsden house that he's been keeping for fun. So the game the- has not been updated for the 2000s. <laughs> Even though it was released. <laughs> Even though year. the game yes. didn't exist in 1980s, they yep. just made this game. <laughs> and written on the front of this file is the Marsden house's phone number for no apparent reason. Except so that you can look at it and be like, that's the phone number that keeps calling me. Yes. But it was, I, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And we took, it was like two or three hours, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was not I mean, some long. of that was like set up and us just like dicking around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. We took that game very seriously. <laughs> we were very <laughs> It is a lot of reading out loud. You do essentially read a book out loud over yes. the course yeah. of the game with, with three of us by the end of it. I was losing my voice a little bit. I'm not used to reading out loud to people. Like, you find out, you find this professor who's being held hostage, and you find out that, like, there's all of these, a bazillion different types of science experiments happening in the house, and one of them is cloning. So at one point you make, you clone yourself, and then you have to fight your clone to the death. Yep. (laughs) Yes. And some of the cards, some of the cards have, like, optional challenges that you can choose to do, and it might give you... The game has, like, two mechanisms, which is the psychic um, the psychic rating and the danger rating. And, like, you want the danger low but the psychic high because that's, like, your psychic ability or whatever. So you we can choose... not shoot- get psychic enough until we beat that doll queen and then we were on a roll. Yeah. Yeah, and then we lost all those psychic points. But, yeah, things went bad. But we were good for a while. Yeah, for a while that doll queen really... Being the doll queen was good for us. Yeah, definitely. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is there are optional challenges, and then but uh, some of them are required, and there's a card that's just like, required challenge, fight your clone. <laughs> it's very good. It's a very good card. Yeah. Because it, it definitely, like, it felt like, I mean, we've been playing, I've been playing a lot more tabletop games these past few years than I did as a kid. Like, when I played tabletop games, I didn't play tabletop games like this. I played, like, role-playing... Uh, not role-playing games. I played, like, board games as a kid. A lot of, like, right. trivia-based board games Same. and stuff like that. But, um, the past few years, we did D- We started D&D, and we've also been playing a lot of other, like... The trail at House on the Hill is on the table in front of us right now. Yeah, Renata and River might need to come over and play that with That's us. That's true. Yes. Bet- betrayal at the House of Danger. Crossover <gasps> game potential. 
start uh, using cards from the game. Yeah. <laughs> just throw them in there. It'll be fine. I'm sure it'll come out all right. <sighs> um, but yeah, like the, it felt very, it, it felt like it was very well designed to be that sort of game, even though there was a lot of reading. And it felt like the books. Yeah. It was, I think that's a reason, if you were very nostalgic for these books, I think this is a reasonable facsimile to, and probably, like, more worth the money than buying some of the books at this point, if you're an adult with disposable income. Yeah. Yeah, I I would play it again, uh, because we did so bad at it. Yeah. Yes. We did it, very it, bad at it. And it is, it's a collaborative game. I think you could also play it as a one-player game, but that does seem a little sad to do. But technically, <laughs> there's only, like, w- no judgment. A little judgment. <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little sad. <laughs> um, Listen, I just have, a- I have access right now to a and d module you play by yourself. <laughs> you don't play with anyone. <laughs> if you want sad things. Well... Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, what, whatever whatever you want to do, it's fine. Unless, <laughs> unless you're doing Ready Player One, in which case it's not fine. <laughs> if you're going into the Oasis, I will have an intervention. <laughs> so do we, do we have anything else that we want to say about? Oh, what I was going to say is I like that it's a collaborative game. There's really only, like, one player which is like the you the you of the book and so i don't know i like games like that where it's not competitive it's just like well cooperative like i said that's the name of that kind of game and i like that kind of game (laughs) yeah it was uh you know and especially to because of like it's so absurd like it was fun but it was so absurd like the, the choices that you had to make like, it got to the point where you're like, fuck yeah, like, we're gonna fight our own clone. That's not even a question. No, yeah. Well, it's not, because that we're was gonna a clone ourselves. challenge, Caitlin. Well, <laughs> it was a question of whether or not we were going to clone ourselves, and I, like, didn't even let you finish reading the card. I was getting the you-clone-yourself card out. I was like, read <laughs> it. This is what happens. We're uh, obviously cloning ourselves. <laughs> and then we died because of that choice. And because it was three of us, like, usually you could always blame at least two people for the decision you made. <laughs> <laughs> and then just go back and be like, oh, it's fine. Um, one, one thing that I do think we've been irresponsible in not mentioning before is that this is the Marsden house, and so we just haven't made a single James Marsden joke yet, and I just, I just want to call attention to that. Just do a a shout out to Caroline right now. Just do a shout out to her. Just do a shout out to Cyclops. Has anybody seen that guy? Didn't he used to live here? I I think I remember something about him being in charge, but, like, why would we ever pay attention to him? Because Storm's pretty great. I don't know if you've heard about Storm. Storm's, Storm's pretty great. Storm's pretty good. Um, I think Wolverine is in the basement somewhere. I think we should look for him. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that if you turn to Paige later in the podcast, you'll get to hear <laughs> what Wolverine is up to. Absolutely. X-Men joke. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could also make, you can make a perfectly good um, enchanted joke here. Uh, what other movies is James Marsden in? I would accept any James Marsden joke. I have zero. S- S- Superman Returns? <laughs> is that the one? 
Superman, Superman returns to the last decision point and makes a better choice. Yes. <laughs> Which Superman movie is he in? I don't know. I... It's in the basement of this house. Anyway. If you turn to page 300, which is past the end of this book, if you just keep flipping, oh, it's a Superman movie now. And sure. James Marsden is in it. Maybe a Superman? Who knows? No, he's not Superman. He's Superman's friend or something. He could make a choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's on page 300 of the Choose Your Own Adventure book. <laughs> Maybe he kills the Superman and he becomes the Superman. It's like the Santa Claus, okay? <laughs> oh, shit. I'd read it. I would read it and only be a little stressed out about it. Because <laughs> I know, cause I know it was comic, and so he'd, you know, he'd come back eventually. Well, yeah, sure. The status quo would be returned. Okay, yeah. So that that was, I think, the last thing that I wanted to say about this, probably. All oh, right. no, nope. One more thing. Because they updated this book, there's a secret online ending where it's like, if you choose to Google uh, Henry Marsden slash James Marsden, type in this address, and then you go, and it's like this really clunky old school address of like cyoa.com, which is tuesdayonadventure.com, slash a bunch of random numbers, and then um, the secret online ending is that you get like teleported somewhere, and then you lose consciousness, and then that's the end. Well, so like the internet kind of roofies you, and then that's yeah. the internet ending. Once again, Ready Player One. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, should we move on to dramatic readings? Hell yeah! Absolutely. There's no other kind of uh, no other kind of reading in these books. All right. They are all dramatic. Every page. All right. I'm gonna start from the beginning, so you can read all about our cool awesome basement laboratory office stuff. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, just listen to it and try to think of what age this person might be. <laughs> it is a Tuesday afternoon in late June. You are on your way down to your lab in your parents' basement when the phone rings. You dash into the lab and pick it up. I need... I need... says a weak voice. You hear a loud click and the phone goes dead. Stop clicking on your phone while I'm doing a dramatic reading. God. <laughs> you can do that during Renata's reading because I can edit it out. <laughs> you hear a loud click and the phone goes dead. Drat. You weren't ready for that. You, the aspiring detective and psychic investigator, caught off guard. You slump down into your chair. That voice really sounded desperate. You boot up your computer and look around. The heat of the day has not penetrated your combination office and research laboratory where you sit surrounded by the tools of your trade. Infrared activated floodlights, high-speed movie cameras, and night scopes among them. Two large bookcases stretched from floor to ceiling crammed with titles that would drive the timid from the room. Murder and fun, ghosts and ghouls, and corpses I have known, to name a few. Turn to the next page. <laughs> the phone rings again, and this time you are ready. You pick up the receiver before the first ring dies out. At the same time, you activate the phone tracker and voice recorder programs running on your laptop and note the time. 2.42. Hello, you say. Help. I need your help. Turn to page six. Who are you, you ask. What is your name? I'm scared, the voice says. They're after me. Get hold of yourself, you say. I can help if you give me your name and address. They've got me. They've got me. Click. The phone goes dead again. This time, however, you were prepared. 
In the few seconds you have been talking, your telephone tracing device, which operates in milliseconds, has already found the number of the other phone as well as the name and address of its owner. 555-7259, Henry Marsden, 1100 Hedgebrook. You copy this information down in your smartphone that you suddenly have. <laughs> <laughs> Something about this call is nagging at the back of your mind. Is it that the call reminds you of your spider ghost case? It, too, started with a mysterious phone call, even though you were quite young. So, you're an adult now? <laughs> even though you were quite young. It's like, you it's saw- like when you're 10, you're like, I was so young it's last year when I was nine. Shafts. It was like, I started a detective when I was a kid. And it's like, you're four. It's going to say exactly the same thing. Yep. It, too, started with a mysterious phone call. Even though you were quite young, you solved that case single-handedly. The citation you received from the FBI now hangs neatly framed on your office wall, and the generous reward you received from the Ridgeway family when you saved them from certain death has financed your specialized detection equipment. One thing you learned from this case is that working by yourself can be a risky business. Ricardo and Lisa, two of your friends in the neighborhood, have wanted to help you on a case. Again, if you're an adult, your friends don't live in a neighborhood. Your friends live, like, three train rides away. (laughs) This is the real mystery of this book, all right, guys? (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, this is their chance. When you call their cell phones, could be a kid, could be an adult. <laughs> you call their cell phones, however, they are not picking up. You leave a message for them to call you back as soon as possible. You're eager to begin work on the case as soon as possible, but you know it might be dangerous to start off alone. Maybe you can do some internet searching before heading out on the case. If you decide you should go immediately to the address obtained by the phone tracing machine, turn to page 4. If you decide to give Ricardo and Lisa a chance to call back, turn to page 13. Just these choices you have to make in life as a kid-slash-adult detective. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, like and you're you, going to you die by chimpanzees them. almost not, no matter what. It's true. Anyway. So, yeah. Who knows how old you are. I like, too, that they're like, we're trying to give, like, a background and a through line to these Choose Your Own Adventure books. Like, we want you to know that, you know, all the cases that you solved in the earlier books, you're the same person. Good. Is there a spider ghost case? Is there a spider ghost book? It's a great question. It is a great question. I mean, it certainly sounds like it. It does sound like it. That's the thing. Maybe that's Maybe just it's... their attempts to get Marvel crossover. Maybe it was in the uh, War with the Evil Power Master. I mean, okay, this is book six. None of the first five, at least, are called, like, the Case of the Spider Ghost. So if, which implies that this already happened when you were younger. So if there is indeed a linear narrative here, which I, God knows if that is the case. It didn't happen in any of the books before this. Maybe it or happened it did, in one of it, the what the kid. Maybe it happened in one of the kid ones. Oh. Or maybe it's like this one where the book is called House of Danger, and you're like, yeah, that seems like it's not about aliens. Like may, the first one is called The Abominable Snowman. And you're like, yeah, that's not about a spider ghost, but actually, maybe it is. In one of the endings. Well, there's sure a lot we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And perhaps that is ultimately the point of a choose your own adventure, is just to make you reflect on that. You want to read us some endings, Renata? Or an N ending? A singular? I'm going to read you a single ending. This is the ending I got the first time I read through, and I was like, I'm satisfied with this. If I weren't doing this for a podcast, I would just put this away. 
Because I feel like I sort of won the book. <laughs> you beat but, it. Yeah, but instead I went back and read a bunch of other fucked up shit that could happen if you chose more poorly than I managed to my first time through. So in this one, you have traveled back into Civil War times, and you are at a burning prison, but you've managed to get the firefighters. All three of you run to ask if you can help. An officer dismounts and comes toward you. As soon as we get those gates open, we'll need all the help we can get, he says. The soldiers throw a long rope with a grappling hook over the top of the iron doors. They quickly hitch together a team of six horses and tie the rope to their harness. The horses tug away at the rope for several minutes. Nothing happens. Then, with a screeching sound, the doors burst open. A tremendous ball of flame roars out of the front gate of the prison, scattering the nearby soldiers and horses. The flame subsides and turns into a huge column of smoke rising into the sky. The firefighters are ready with their steam-driven water pump, spraying water into the open mouth of the front gate. Soon the fire has died down enough for you and the soldiers to start carrying out the more badly burned prisoners on stretchers. Someone shouts, The prisoners in the dungeons are all right, just the upper part of the prison is burning. Where's Marzin, you ask, a.k.a. where's Cyclops? He has joined his brother the devil in the flames, someone replies. The three of you work with all your energy for the next few hours, doing your best to help the burned and wounded prisoners. You are exhausted. It's late afternoon now, but the day is still terribly hot. You have to take a few minutes to rest. You sit against a tree and close your eyes for a moment. It feels so good to relax. When you open your eyes, the prison is gone. The modern glass house is back in its place. The three of you are sitting against a tree on the side of the road. That was quite the dream, says Ricardo, pulling himself groggily to his feet. If that was just a dream, says Lisa, what is this Civil War soldier's hat doing over there on the side of the road? And why did we all have the same dream? Lisa asking the real questions here. Dream or not, you say, at least we're back in our own time. I won't forget this day for a long time. The end. Well. <laughs> I'll never forget. Just not even never. I won't forget for a long time. Eventually I might forget. I mean, if you go back in time and then become a baby. Yeah. And have to live your life all over again. You might forget. You might forget. I googled choose your own adventure spider ghost. <laughs> And it brought me to an Etsy page with something called House Ghost Pick Your Own Haunting Mini Grab Bag Card Zine for $5. Uh And Kate's already bought five. Uh Uh (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Google. (laughs) You're a real pal. All right. I am going to read uh, two endings, actually. And they are the two, two of the seven alien abduction endings. And they're pretty weird. (laughs) What? So true. As the chimpanzees get closer, it becomes clear they are trying to back you up against the basement door. You have no choice but to open the door and go in. It is pitch black inside. You feel along the side of the door and find a light switch. You flip it. The three of you are in a large, modern office with mahogany paneling and steel and glass desks. In the center of the room is a large conference table. On it, spread from one end to the other, is a collection of blueprints. You go over and take a look. One of the papers is labeled Top Secret Invasion Plans, 
Earth, Western Hemisphere, Phase Alpha. You rifle through more of the papers. They are filled with dates, graphs, and calculations of various sorts. Figures for agricultural output, natural resources, and energy production of various power plants. As you look through the papers, a tall, very thin, man-like creature with an oversized head enters the office at the far end. What is he? You've never seen anyone or thing like him. Ah, my inquisitive friends, I see you are examining our plans, he says. Go ahead, be my guests. Look all you want. It does not matter. Our plans are already in motion. Are you, you stammer, are you an alien? You've read about them, but never been sure they were out there. The alien seems to look at the three of you with both intensity and amusement. I make a proposal, he says. Why not join us? We could use earthlings like you to help us. Earlier today, we tried to recruit another earthling, but he ran out on us. However, I think you three will be more sensible. There's no way you will seriously take him up on his offer, but by going along with him, you might find a way to stop the alien's plans. On the other hand, it might be better just to stand and fight. If you pretend to join, turn to the next page. You figure the best thing to do is humor this creature, and you have to admit you are curious. Where did he come from? Come now, my friend, says the man. It's not all that bad. We will train you for your new positions. We guarantee job security and even a pension after a certain number of years. Perhaps one of you would like to be an Earth Project Manager, or perhaps an invasion commander like myself. As he is talking, the man walks over and opens the outside door. He beckons you to go out. As you step out, you realize that you are in big trouble. The sky is almost covered by an enormous space vehicle. It is bright gold in color and hovers overhead with a low humming sound. You wonder if you will enjoy your new life. The end. It's got job security. That ain't <laughs> no, no right? It sounds very good. <laughs> Backing up a little, if you refuse the alien's offer, turn to page 88. No thanks, you say. We're not interested. You refuse, do you? shouts the creature. Well, we have another use for humans. In fact, it is our main use for humans. With that, he takes out a small device from his pocket and aims it at the three of you. A beam of incredibly cold light, its temperature hundreds of degrees below zero, freezes you, Lisa, and Ricardo into solid blocks of ice. The man then takes out a rubber stamp from his pocket and stamps your forehead. Human meat, galactic prime source, planet Earth, grade A. The end. Delicious. But yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with you guys. That job security pension, mm -hmm. the pension, they train you. Jesus, shit. Maybe maybe that was the good ending. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, because because the other thing that this podcast is besides a book podcast is just a podcast about all of my fears. I will take this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I will take this moment and make very clear that I no, I'm very afraid of space. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm not into it. Well, I mean, right now space sounds kind of better than Earth. 
Shit. I got nothing to say that. Oh, okay. I thought that something happened. No, <laughs> that was just me reacting to that truth bomb. Okay. I, mean, Kate, I thought it was like, oh god, I missed my flight. I need to get to the airport right now. <laughs> Kate, something did happen in November 2016. And <laughs> it's true. That is that is true. And here All we right. are. Well, all right, so that's dramatic readings and some commentary. Uh, so, since this whole book is pretty much just nonstop Would You Rather, and I'm very stressed about it, we are not playing our usual full batch of Would You Rathers, and instead we have a singular Would You Rather question that is uh, based actually on two things that only happen in the board game as far as we know. But it is a really important question. I think this is, you know how, like... Um, would you rather have flight or invisibility is kind of a really common would you rather that you feel like you really learn a lot about somebody if you get their answer to that. I think this is another one of those kind of really iconic questions. It should really be one of the questions on like okay Cupid profile building. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Bring this out on no. your first date. You you got to find out if you're compatible with somebody uh with with regards to your answer to this question. Which is, of course, would you rather have to fight your own clone or have a musical competition with a doll on a doll? <laughs> Sorry, it's too much. <laughs> would you rather fight your evil clone or have a musical competition with a doll? <laughs> Oh my it. gosh, I can't believe you can't get through it. I love it. I'll do it. With a doll on a dollhouse piano. A doll. Yes. A doll on a dollhouse piano. Just a queen about, doll. I'm just, just think about it. Just think about the queen doll. <laughs> we bested her. We are the queen doll. All three of us. Uh, I'm going to get us matching necklaces to say queen doll. <laughs> oh so you need to keep in mind that your clone is just as athletic or unathletic as you are so could you be beat yourself is it your evil clone or is it just just says your clone it does immediately want to fight you which you can decide if that's evil or just you know self-preservation yes i thought it was or maybe it wasn't in the description of the of the fight itself somewhere in one of those cards it does describe your clone as evil regardless this is a difficult question to me because, to be honest, um, getting into some sort of competition with an evil haunted doll in a, like, haunted dollhouse is pretty ideal. Like, yes, sign me up. Except, uh, as you may have noticed from listening to the last episode where I attempted to sing the hearse song, I am not musical, like, pretty much at all. So I'm pretty sure I would die and not get to be the doll queen. But I am also very not athletic and very lazy. So it's But so tough. would your clone be. I yeah. know. But Kate, you also know so much about murder. Yeah, it's but true. So would her clone. I, yeah. I feel like Both. you're equally matched. And I think the only reason, well, we didn't beat our clone. But the only reason we weren't equally matched is because we had a pocket knife and they didn't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then if it is a situation like the game where... Like, my clone has just been born and is only, like, vaguely aware of what's going on, whereas, like, I've come into the situation knowing, like, oh, I've just made a clone. And as I'm making it, like, I know there's a 50% chance that it's going to be evil. I think I'd have the upper hand just by millimeters. Could you actually 
kill someone that looked exactly like you? <laughs> That's a dark answer. <laughs> See? Yeah. Okay. See, this is why these books are fucked up and I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. I mean, I fucking love uh, tiny instruments, so I'd absolutely like fuck myself over on that doll piano that I don't know how to play. But you you do know how to, like, do you know what music is. <laughs> I can't play any instruments, really, though. Definitely not piano. I can chopstick it if I thought about it for five minutes, because it's been a long time since I've played a piano at all. You know, playing and the piano then. in the game, it was a measure of psychic ability. It's so... true. And I'm pretty psychic. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're, like, reading the doll's mind, then you're like, oh, I know where to put my fingers, because this doll knows where to put its fingers. This is exactly like this book I'm reading right now. Oh my god. <laughs> a lot of doll. Not a doll, but piano. like, I can just like, you can go in people's minds and you're like, whatever, I know all the shit you know. Casual. It's great. Um, I, I'd, I'd bang away at a doll piano. I have a tiny baby accordion. Yes, and I love know. it. Even though I haven't touched it literally in like three years. I know it's there and it gives me pleasure. I remember when you bought the tiny baby accordion. It was accordion. great. It was the best purchase I've made in my adult years. <laughs> Thank God we had that wait before brunch needed to exactly. kill time in a toy store. It's the best thing you can possibly do before brunch is kill time in a toy store <laughs> for rich children. By tiny baby accordions. So yeah, anyway, that. Yeah, so I'd fight my clone. You'd do the piano, piano ghost doll yep. contest. Renata? So, okay, like, hey, I don't have any musical ability I or psychic ability. I think I'm hopeless in the doll fight. I think I'm hopeless in a real fight. Here's here's what I think, though. Is I think I get a clone, and then Duarte fights my clone for me. And I think we'd all feel great about that. <laughs> or does Duarte go into the dollhouse and become Queen Doll's cat and live in the lap of luxury? Duarte already lives in the lap of luxury. <laughs> but you're not queen. Well... These books make me feel so bad myself, Becca. <laughs> no! Okay, 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 let's move on. Um, you're beautiful, no. you're perfect, never change. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have Duarte fight my clone. I'm, I'm sure that he could win. Sounds great. Because <laughs> obviously if I'm doing shady science, like, he's he's hanging out there. That's, that's what he does. Let's get all up in my grill. Makes sense. Um, cool. Good, good game of Would You Rather. <laughs> we'll move on <laughs> to Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest some books to read instead of or in addition to House of Danger. Um, I mean, these are pretty standard. I wish that I had written down. There was a reason. Something we said earlier made me think like, oh, like, just like in the Adventure Zone. I don't remember what it was now, but the Adventure Zone's good. <laughs> yeah, and there's a book now too. Yeah, the book came out. The book's good. It I, is good. I mean, here's the thing about the adventure zone is it's got adventure right in the name, just like choose your own adventure. So it's a clear, it's clear, straightforward read alike. And and Justin, Travis, and Clint are kind of choosing how they That's, want the you adventure. Stole to go. my whole reader's advisory, which yeah. is play some D and D and literally choose your own adventure. Oh, I'm sorry. Say that first. Say it again now. Edit it in before what I say. It's okay. <laughs> That's too much work. I'm going to just live in my disappointment. Sorry. 
<laughs> you chose your adventure, Kate, and it was to steal my thunder, and it's fine. <laughs> um, the thing about these books is it's a little bit pointless to do, like, actual sincere reader's advisory for them, because there are, like, 100 of them, and if you're a kid who's, like, into this, just read them all. Just read all of them. They're, they're this, and if you aren't, uh, like, thrown into anxiety spirals about this one... <laughs> Uh, there's plenty more of them for you, and they're all yeah. this. And there's just kind of nothing comparable, because it's not like there's a character you get invested in or anything, and the story does not follow any logical path. It literally intentionally follows an illogical path. So yeah. it's not like any book. Yeah. Just read Poor Choose Your Own Adventure. Read the one about the abominable snowman. Tell me how it goes. Mm-hmm. There, there are a couple things that are I'll throw out. Uh, Ryan North of Dinosaur Comics and Squirrel Girl fame has written a Choose Your Own Adventure called Romeo and or Juliet that is obviously based on Romeo and Juliet. He also did a Choose Your Own Adventure issue of Squirrel Girl that was good. He what? also did To Be or Not To Be. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so that's the whole thing he's got going, I guess. That's fine. Uh, and then the other one I want to mention is... This is a book that my friend Molly, who works at his bookstore, found, and we read aloud one time at a gathering. And it is a James Bond-themed Choose Your Own Adventure that was written by R.L. Stein, And it's called Win Place or Die. And it's... Like, this book is fucked up. That book, like... Next level, because you've got the the bonkers situation of, like, an 80s choose-your-own-adventure plus 80s James Bond. It's too much or just that enough. Sounds like a lot, yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, um, we were hanging out with some friends one time, and I mentioned this, and, and it was Grace, and she immediately pulled out her phone and bought a used copy because she heard that <laughs> combination of things was like, yes, I need this. And I think there's probably some people listening to this podcast who have said like all the magic words, and they're like, yes, I need this. If you're having that sensation right now, you should absolutely buy a used copy of this for like 99 cents, because it is, it is what I'm telling you it is. And if you're like, <laughs> no, thank you, that's also fine. Just move on. But uh, if it sounds great to you, it is. Even yeah. for someone very stressed out by the general concept of it. Uh, Alright, so we'll have uh, these and, I don't know, maybe some other ones. Probably not, because it's literally just choose your own adventure. We'll have these at our website, which is worstbestsellers.com. And now we'll move on to our candy pairing, where we'll suggest a candy to go along with this book. I think you should just eat all the bananas out of a handful of runts, because psychic chimpanzees. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, I think you should just go to one of those, like, candy stores down the shore where you can get, like, penny candy for a pound and uh, close your eyes and pick random bins. Kate, you you stole my candy. See? Kate did not read the doc before we did this. She just decided to fuck everyone. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, let me just... Um, no, no, this no, is all no, staying in. It's and we're fine. letting Kate live in her shame. It's fine. <laughs> It's right there. I've actually ideal... I've scrolled down to that page and I literally have not been looking at it's it. It's been open the whole time. In bright pink it just says Renata's answer, which is basically that. And your it's answer fine. that I stole right above yep, it. Right above it. In all caps in places. It's fine. So now it's time for the rock, paper, snakes. <laughs> Where Kate, Kate probably stole. <laughs> Kate, if you start talking about Wolverine, I am suing. 
Oh shit, the podcast is not an LLC yet. I just read through all the endings and then chose the ones that I like best. And it's not my fault that you guys wrote better endings that I felt the need to steal. Anyway. Uh, so it's, it's time for the Rock Paper Snicked. If you, where this, you know what? Rock Paper Snicked is a little bit like a cheesier adventure that we play every every episode. Where we'll say who the rock would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book, and Becca will choose which most enhances the adventure. Or choose paper, which is to leave this book as is, in all of its endings. Yes. If you would like to see who the rock would be in this book, turn the page. <laughs> The Rock comes sweeping up to the house just as you and your uh, just as you and your friends Lisa and Ricardo have found a hole in the fence. Before you can ask him what the famed actor and wrestling champion is doing at the Marsden house, he is dragging you away from the house and out of sight. And it's a good thing too. Only moments later, the house bursts into flames. Suddenly, hundreds of chimpanzees are running out of it, screaming, along with a bunch of people in fancy suits and an old lady in an old-timey dress. Everyone is screaming, and when you lean closer to hear what they're going on about, all you can hear is the word aliens. Just then, the top of the house lifts off in a blinding flash of light. It was a UFO the whole time. The Rock saved you and your friends from being abducted by aliens. If you want to hear how Wolverine would be in this, who Wolverine would be in this book, <laughs> turn the page. <laughs> well, if Wolverine were in this, he'd be one of the soldiers when you time travel back to the Civil War. If you found him and chose to offer him a beer, which for some reason you had in your inventory as a teenager, <laughs> question mark, he, he would come back to the present day with you and fight all the chimpanzees and aliens and everything, and he would win, and you would get to have lessons on enhancing your psychic abilities abilities from Professor Charles Xavier. I'm going to pick The Rock for one reason, is that he can drag me around with those arms anytime he likes. Hey, yo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. listen. You chose well. I chose my adventure, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it involves the rock's biceps. Yeah. That's the greatest adventure of all. <laughs> uh, and that's that could be the moral of the story. But what else could be the moral of the story? My moral of the story is just don't bother, seriously. Just if a phone starts ringing and it's someone calling you and telling you help, come to my house, like, don't, there's going to be fucking chimpanzees, aliens, old ladies, Venus flytraps, scientists, like, just, just go back to bed. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, my moral of the story is free will is a curse. Isn't that still Kate's moral of the story, which is just don't bother? <laughs> Uh, my, the moral of the story is that you can change your story. Ooh. Hey! It's very profound. You can change your story, and maybe, just maybe, Lim and Wally Miranda might write a musical about it. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who lives and who dies and who tells your story in your adventure. Oh, speak, <laughs> speaking of musicals, one other reader's advisory I have is just Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. If yep. you like the Venus flytrap ending, turn to page <laughs> if you Little like Shop of Horrors. The, the more aspects of being eaten by a Venus flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film for you. If you were an ambiguously aged young person living on Skid Row, 
<laughs> All right, now it's time for Duarte's corner. Uh, if he's finished fighting my clone, I'll call him in here to to talk about his opinions about the book. Duarte's my cat. I forget if I said that. In case this is your first episode. <laughs> what a time to finally be like, hey, <laughs> we're 104 episodes in, but by the way, Duarte is the cat. <laughs> This whole time, so there's been like, I can't tell Kate and Renata and Duarte's voices apart. Which one is Duarte? <laughs> <laughs> He's the cat. <laughs> and here he is. Yeah, Duarte, you're. Um, look, I'm sorry I don't have a clone here for you to fight. I know that you would really enjoy that. I just... We're just not there yet in this current timeline. Yeah, and I, I can't answer the question as to why there wasn't an ending that was just filled with cats. Uh, you would have to take that up with R.A. Montgomery. Alright, well, Dorde, thanks as ever for for reading and for being ready to fight that clone when I need you to. <laughs> uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts about this? I can't believe those monkeys were money laundering. Because <laughs> that is just so much. It's so, yeah, it's that was so really... next level. It's just... I mean, I'm still working in my parents' basement. And they have a whole money laundering operation where clearly they have contacts with other people. And it just, like, I feel like of all of the things, like, they were all absurd, but... Oh, we trained these super intelligent monkeys to counterfeit money, but they're bad at it, but we're still doing it. And it's fine. Is just like, because they, they are bad at it. Yeah. They try to make them out of bananas. They try to run bananas through the counterfeiting machine. It's very weird. But like, the evil geniuses behind this are just like, fucking whatever. It's better than hiring people at minimum wage. Job security, my man. <laughs> Follow that alien. I'd follow that alien into space. I'll miss you. <laughs> space is so big. Are you sure? <laughs> Have you really thought about this? <laughs> it's not big when it's filled with chimpanzees, Renata. Renata, have you really thought about what you're going to do for you about your retirement? Because that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. My 401k those, exactly. isn't going to get jack shit. Those when aliens I'm... are offering a sweet 401k. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is also upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so here's a, a random closing thought that has really nothing to do with anything. Um, I uh, hung out with a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a very long time today. Um, and I, you listening don't know this gentleman, so you don't understand how on brand for him this is, but I told him that this was the episode we were recording when I came home tonight, and he told me that he used to have a choose-your-own-adventure CD where you are being chased by a werewolf, so it would be like, oh, like, the werewolf's coming for you in the woods. Like, if you scream, go to track 17. (laughs) If you run down the path, go to track (laughs) 8. And that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Has he considered, though... A musical of Choose Your Own Adventure. Because it sounds like it would be rubbish. Which Actually. I think into. See? See? This is where I thought she was going. When she's like, this is so on brand. I was like, probably there's a Choose Your Own Adventure musical. And he knows all about it. Um, he produced one of the, those, like, um, 
those shows at ART, I think it was last season, where mm. it was like the one-on-one sort of, mm. a whole series of them, and one of them was like, you're listening to there a... There we go. <laughs> thing, See, and you have to choose what Anytime Kate starts a story about this person, I can pretty much tell you exactly what the story is going to be. <laughs> I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> Told him that tonight, too. <laughs> it's just completely on, but he has a branch and he's built it strong. <laughs> well... If you want more of this whole situation, <laughs> uh, you won't get it. This is my last episode of Flashback Summer, you guys. And you'll never be on the show I'll again, certainly not in like five episodes from now. Five of those? I don't know. It's a bunch. Christmas. Christmas. Time. I think it was Christmas. It was, like, yeah, like November or December. Yeah. So I gotta start reading that book now because it's long. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, so fare thee well. We'll meet again soon. Hang on, I ha- we haven't done our closing Probably. spiel yet, like, at all. I know, I'm just saying, uh, this is my separate farewell okay. to Flashback Summer. Okay. We'll meet again soon in the living room. In, like, I'm not saying minutes. goodbye to you, I'm saying goodbye to the listeners who well, love me. Well, you were looking at me. You're the only other person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> if tired. you If you choose to continue listening to, the po- to this podcast <laughs> for three more minutes, uh, we'll tell you some things. If you choose to turn it off right now, I don't blame no, you. No one blames you. <laughs> Um, if you choose to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash worstbestsellers. We're on Twitter, at worstbestseller with no S, because a chimpanzee fucking ate that S, and it was kind of horrible. Uh, we've got a Goodreads group that you can access via our website, which is worstbestsellers.com. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play if you do subscribe to us. Please take a moment to rate and review us. When you rate and review us, it pushes us up a little bit on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, If you don't rate and review us, we will be forced to send you back to the past to live out the rest of your life as an old-timey person, and it's gonna suck. There are no podcasts then. Maybe you could invent the podcast and make a lot of money. Who knows? Uh, you can also pledge to um, to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Uh, Patreon is a crowdfunding site where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation uh, that we use to do things like buy new equipment and pay Becca to edit these episodes where we go on wild tangents about things to make them actually listenable and uh, all sorts of things. And we use uh, it to buy that perks. board game. Yes, and we did use it to buy that board game. Thanks, friends. (laughs) Uh, You get perks for it as well. You can see all those at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. We are very close to our next goal, so uh, jump on that. And uh, finally, we do have a merch store up on our website. Uh, You can get the link from worstbestsellers.com, and you can go and peruse. Uh, If you have any ideas for merch, you can send them to us on Twitter. And uh, otherwise, you could look at what we have and choose to wear our webs- uh, our podcast on your body. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm 14 across on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Tumblr. I'm not on Twitter a lot these days, but fucking come find me and talk to me or don't. Whatever. I'm tired. <laughs> Renata. <laughs> I'm at Renata Snacks on Twitter. I'll, I'll actively encourage you to please do come and talk to me. Just do it. <laughs> it's gonna go better than talking to Kate, that's for sure. I am Jin Enthusiastic on Twitter. I am locked, but if you, 
you know, send me a message being like, hey, I'm following you because of the podcast, or if I see that you're following the podcast, I will let you see all my glorious, wondrous tweets. And if not, like, this dude is currently sitting in my my ads right now. You're just going to sit there, and I'm going to ignore you, because I don't know who you are. How about that? That's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if your account is also locked and I can't see who you are, then I don't, I can't trust you. <laughs> I can't trust you with my my deep dark secrets. That's fair. And uh, <laughs> uh, Becca, thank you for joining us for for so many flashback summers. As as I previously attempted to interrupt your farewell, I apologize. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> it's been a burden to be to be honest. <laughs> no, I know there's so many choices you had to make. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> To look at all those drippy illustrations. Oh my god. They were so drippy. And mm. one of the chimpanzees were drippy. <gasps> Gross. That's <just> weird. Gross. <laughs> Alright, we will be back with a little bit more Flashback Summer in two weeks. Uh, we're reading one of my flashbacks, Sunset Island by Sherry Bennett. It's pro- I haven't started rereading this yet. It's probably not upsetting in any way at all. It's probably just great. <laughs> We'll find out. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.